Let's lift our hands across the building this morning as we usher in the presence of the Almighty God. If we could have every hand lifted, every eye lifted to heaven this morning, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the house today.
Did anybody come here today just wanting to lift up the name? You know, it's a unique thing. The fact that you and I know who he is. We don't know all that he is, but we know the who. And if you know the who, then there's nothing that you and I face that we can't come through. Because we know that it's a name that's above every name. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord above it all. I'm thankful for what I feel in the house of the Lord today. There's such a presence of God that is here and I'm so thankful that God honors his word. Wherever praise is to him, he feels that place. And I thank God for that. We have a very special, special day planned here today. If you would, make your way back to your seat. We are so honored and privileged. I'll say a little bit more about Brother and Sister Reverend. He's going to preach here this morning. But they have come from Tioga. He is our district superintendent. I explained a little bit of that Wednesday night for all the new converts people here. I want you to understand who, who is here. Uh, and again, we're here to worship the Lord, but the Bible says give honor to whom honor is due. And brother and sister Weber received that double honor as our district superintendent and first lady. But they're here by appointment and uh, to present today an award to brother and sister Bushnell. And I, I tell you, there's nobody on the planet that I would consider more worthy or, I mean. <laughs> Brother Bushnell is our presbyter for this section. But, but to me, he is a friend, an elder. I just love Brother Bushnell to death and Sister Bushnell. Some of the sweetest and finest people here. So for them to come and give this award, I am thrilled. You take however long you want to just honor them because they are due every bit of honor that we give them today. Brother Weber, come and take this, this mic and pull it. You may be seated. God bless you. What a beautiful day it is. Got uh, sunshine out there. The crawfish farmers got their rain and everybody's happy. Praise God. Well, um, I certainly give honor to Brother and Sister Benoit. We're blessed to be with them. And uh, I may say a little bit more about that. But I want to skip right into this part of this service today that uh, we've come to, to honor of some very, very special people, um, especially Reverend Terry Bushnell. Years ago, our Louisiana District Board voted uh, a very prestigious award into being. It's called the Lifetime Achievement Award for the ministry. This award would be presented to a number of elite men and women who would achieve remarkable and astounding accomplishments, as I mentioned earlier, in ministry. Accomplishments that would be measured by their Christian character, their integrity, as well as their commitment to and faithfulness in propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
It's an award which also says thank you for being a fortress of truth, guarding it, protecting it, and carefully placing it in the hands of the next generation. Another astounding element of this award is that all the recipients must have been a licensed minister with the United Pentecostal Church for at least 50 years. And there's one among us here today who met all of the necessary benchmarks and more. Today we honor Reverend Terry Bushnell. Time would not allow me to list every ministerial accomplishment today for there are so many attributed to Brother Bushnell, but let me give you a list of just the mountain peaks of ministry. Brother Bushnell was licensed with the United Pentecostal Church in, on April 9, 1969. That means in one month from now, he, hit, he will hit a monumental milestone of 54 years as a licensed minister with the United Pentecostal Church International. Amen. And everyone under the age of 54 say, wow. Brother Bushnell has served in many different capacities, pastoral assistant in three different churches, 34 years as the pastor of some church in Indian Village, they say, <laughs> called the United Pentecostal Church there, served as our, our Louisiana Home Mission Secretary for 21 years, served as Home Missions Director for two years, for which Daryl Weber took the helm as secretary and then became the director. What an honor to serve after Brother Bushnell. He left such a beautiful path to follow and an easy road to travel. And I want to give him honor. It's been a great honor being his friend and his, his cohort in the wonderful spreading of the gospel and planting of churches across this state. Bushnell presently serves as the Section 5 presbyter, and he's done that since 2013. Thousands have witnessed his kindness, his smile, his thoughtfulness, his gentleness, his great love for people, his faithfulness to his leaders, his commitment to those he served. I had the great privilege of sitting under his ministry when, again, when he became Home Missions Director, I was Secretary. But one of the amazing things I want to go back to is that he was the home mission secretary for 21 years and the director for two. You would say, would think that maybe that should have been swapped, but that's the kind of man this is. Doesn't need a title, doesn't need any prestigious position or anybody to acknowledge him, whether it's a secretary that gets all the work and the legwork done, or the director, it matters not to him, or one that's on a team or a committee. Brother Bushnell has committed to seeing this wonderful truth told and shared as far as he can. I've not seen anyone any more consistent in their commitment to exhibit the Spirit of Christ and faithful to the work of God than Brother Terry Bushnell. Brother Bushnell... Due to your outstanding commitment to ministry and the many accomplishments over the past years with faithfulness and diligent service to the kingdom of God and for the contributions to the United Pentecostal Church International and the Louisiana District, we honor you with this Lifetime Achievement Award for dutifully giving yourself to a lifetime of commitment and sacrifice for the cause of Jesus Christ. 
Brother Bushnell, would you please come to the platform? time can we honor Brother Bushnell. Thank the Lord. Brother Bushnell, this church loves you. And we thank God for you. I'm just so thankful that the Lord has allowed him to sit on the pews of Indian Village and still be a part and actively involved in all that he does. God bless you. Let's go right back into our worship right now. Let's make ready our tithe and our offering right now. I believe the Lord is going to speak to us today. I feel a, an unction of the Holy Ghost in this place and in this pulpit. And I believe the Lord is, is making ready His people and the Word of God that's going to go forth. If you've got that, come with your offering, tithe and offering this morning. Also remember tomorrow night, uh, seven o'clock here in the sanctuary, we'll have uh, prayer together as the body. First Monday of the month. Amen. Let's pray. Job chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-eight says, "Thou shalt decree a thing, shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways." Malachi three eight says, "Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings." Upon the authority of your word I have given, and it shall be given unto me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I'm a tither, and I bring my tithe and offering today into your storehouse. Therefore the enemy is rebuked, and the curse is broken. And I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not enough room to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, and royalties received. My whole family saved and walking with God, perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in and I am blessed going out, and all that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. We say amen. Why don't we lift our hands? Why don't we lift our voices together? Let's worship Him because He's worthy. Let's give Him glory from our hearts. Why don't we lift our voices right now? Let's give Him praise because the King of glory is here and He deserves everything we can give. I give praise to you, Lord, and sing praise to your name, O Most High. I'll declare your love in the morning. Your faithfulness by night, 
made you glad this morning, why don't you give him a hand clap of praise today? If he's brought you through some things this morning, why don't you give him a hand clap of praise? I want to make sure he gets all the honor, all the glory this morning.
There's something powerful that just moved in the building today. We know that to be the glory of God. That's the spirit of the Almighty. The same spirit that parted the sea. The same spirit that rose the dead. The same spirit that delivered the captives. It just showed up in the building today. The King of Glory is in the house today. This isn't just emotional, emotional hype. This isn't man-made religion. This is the moving of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that uh, lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him today. We haven't come here lifting our hands because we're righteous, because we've got it all together, because we're perfect. But we've come lifting our hearts, lifting our hands and our worship to Him because it's by His strength. It's by His grace that we're saved. It's by His holiness. It's by His might and His strength. It's by the authority of His word. It's by His glory that He revealed. That's why we've come to lift our voices today. I think it'd be good one more time. We lifted our voices and just acknowledge Him today. There's something powerful on the break in this place. If one more time we lifted our hearts. And God, it's by Your strength. God, it's by Your might. Jesus, it's by your holiness, your righteousness, your glory, your splendor that we have life here today, Jesus. Oh, there's help for somebody here today. There's strength because Jesus is here. I hope you believe me. And you can have your healing today. I don't say that because right now we're about to take prayer requests. I'm saying that because the Lord is here. And he is the same. And he's able. Little Charlie, um, she had surgery this week. And she is, uh, the doctors say, going to need another surgery. And so um, I'm requesting, pastors requesting that we as the body right now lift her up in prayer together. Uh, you know, it's always, it's always sad when we see news clips of little kids that go through things. Um, but this is home. This is our, I mean, it's not my child, but this is our baby. She's from this body. So with our hearts together, I know there's other needs here. If you'd lift your hands, if you have a need, there's a situation that you'd like to take before the Lord. But together as one, with one heart, why don't we lift our voices together? Jesus, Lord, I thank you for the strength that's in this place today. I thank you for the deliverance that you've provided through your glory here today. Lord, you see where, where little Charlie is. You see what's going on in her body. Lord, you already know what the doctors have said, but we believe your report today. God, we believe in your mighty hand. We believe in your deliverance and in your healing today. And by the authority of the name of Jesus, we speak healing now in Jesus' name. We speak deliverance in this place to the captives in Jesus' name. That blinded eyes would be opened and deaf ears would be unstopped to the truth today. In the name of Jesus, that your healing bomb is going forth. And it's softening the hearts. And it's moving on behalf of your people today. I believe it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Jesus. I feel the waters of trouble in this place tonight. Today. Uh, they had another song ready, but uh, I feel like Brother Weber needs plenty of time to do whatever he feels in the Holy Ghost today. I don't want him to feel rushed. I Sunday school, you're dismissed. It's time for the word of the Lord.
with Sister Weber, Weber District Superintendent of Louisiana. What a tremendous honor it is for him to be here and be with us. I remember Brother Weber when we, I was, me and my brother worked the camps not far back in 97. So that's when we, 96, 7. I can remember when we do the small groups and Brother Weber was over those groups and it was then that I first had my connection with Brother Weber and uh, it was there that he stood out not just because he's so tall but because he demonstrated I came from a business world I came from the world but we were business owners and I was been around men say this in a, a prideful way Brother Weber but I've been around some influential men because my dad and his business and on and so forth so I learned as a young boy I recognized men of just astute character men that I knew were going places men that just we say it like this they just got it they just got it God gives it know, but I recognize that in Brother Weber and his leadership uh, just over those small groups and then just, he was approachable Sister Weber, that's what I loved about him, he's approachable you know, that I, there ain't no he, like you gave Brother Bushnell Brother Bushnell's the same, just approachable you could just tell Brother Weber hey, what you think, and he just he just approachable man. and I appreciate that, so there was my first, and then he moves up in the ranks and now he's a district superintendent and uh, I just I'm honored that you would be here with us Brother Weber and that you would I know you came for the award but that you would preach I want him to come I want him to take his liberty and uh, he carries such a heavy anointing on him I've heard him preach general conferences I've heard him preach all over and, and when I tell you he always has a word and a direction from the Lord and uh, it will be no different today he will speak under the unction of the authority of the Holy Ghost. And somebody's life will be changed today. It's just that simple. It's going to happen. Brother Weber, come. We love you. This pulpit is open, unfettered. Do what you feel in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Uh, we're going to a beautiful scripture. Uh, in the last book of the Bible. So if you're a guest here today, this is going to be an easy verse to find because it's the last book in your Bible. Unless you have the Book of Mormon, then we're going to be in trouble. We're looking at uh, the Holy Bible. Amen this morning. Amen. Thank you for those wonderful words. I enjoyed every one of them. I really did. Uh, I heard Brother Huntley say one time that he enjoyed his, the introduction to before he had took the pulpit so much that he was going to have to take a time of repentance. I didn't quite get to that point, but it was close. Amen. Thank you, Brother Sister Benoit, for your wonderful invitation to be with you today. And uh, these are great folks right here. And you've already found that out. I'm not telling you anything. Uh, he was one of our foremost evangelists in the United Pentecostal Church before he became the pastor here at this great assembly, and uh, you snatched one off of the road, and uh, and there's nothing wrong with having an evangelist as your pastor, because he's going to be soul conscious, 
Certainly. He's always going to be tugging at the hearts of people trying to somehow get them facing heaven. Amen. And it looks like you won a great, great uh, battle uh, between the Holy Ghost and, and a wife. The Holy Ghost got a hold of him and got him in a church, but that's not even the reason he went there. He went there for that girl right there. And then he got the Holy Ghost and the girl. Now, what, I mean, what a deal, right? Brother and Sister Benoit, y'all are such awesome people. Thank you for your divine connection in this community, reaching for every person that needs to know Jesus Christ. And, of course, we have mentioned earlier, but uh, didn't say a whole lot about Sister Bushnell. This is one of the greatest ladies I ever met in my whole life. <clears throat> and here's how I know. If she can put up with him, she must be a, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love the Bushnells, and we have served in so many different ways in different areas in the kingdom of God, and, and it's good to be here. I really feel a like I'm home because you feel that same spirit. And somebody back in the back, I heard you go, oh, no. He's going to be so comfortable. He's going to take a long time. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. I'm just going to jump to the back of the book. I'm going to skip the other 65 books. Revelation chapter 1 is where I'm looking. And by the way, where uh, we do have our Louisiana Women's Ministries Director with us today, Karen Weber. We're honored to be with her. Doesn't always happen that way. We're usually going different directions, but to be with her in service is a wonderful thing because I love preaching to her. <laughs> I better start preaching to somebody, right? Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before this throne. I'm going to let your pastor explain that to you in a later sermon. He can talk to us about the seven spirits. But I'm going to verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and this is a beautiful verse. I'm going to preach on this verse. Listen to this. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion. To him be glory and dominion. Dominion. Authority. Power. Forever and ever. Amen. I want to preach on this subject this morning before we beat the Baptist to the restaurants. This is your heritage. This is your heritage. Lord, we're so thankful for your presence this morning. We, we have felt the presence of God emanating through this house, and we are blessed there are so many that have not felt your presence, Lord, like we feel it. And we want everybody to know you, Lord, right here in this house. If there's somebody who is some way needs to know you in a better way, needs to get closer to you, open the doors, open the windows, do what you need to do, God. Let your word dig deep into our spirit, into our needs, into our lives. 
And do what only you can do this morning, Father. We pray this in the power for the precious name of Jesus. Amen, 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 somebody. As I remain standing, you may be seated. Praise God. The church of the Old Testament was different than from the church in the New Testament. God used the Old Testament church to fight battles in the natural that the New Testament church would fight in the spiritual. In the Old Testament church, they battled nations and they battled people. In the New Testament church, it's much the same, but it is in the spirit. You remember the scripture, we do not war against flesh and blood. That's not our battle anymore, but there is a spiritual warfare going on in these, these last days as a New Testament church. That's what the Apostle Paul's talking about when he refers to fighting the beasts of Ephesus. He's not talking about fighting some large animal. He's talking about there's a, an engagement of spiritual warfare. And I'm going to believe revivals coming to this city, he was saying. And I'm believing that there are going to be miracles here. And I, I believe there's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit. But I came up against a beast. It, it didn't want any of that to happen. And there are people under the sound of my voice right now whom God is depending on to step up and to answer His call to be what He's called you to be. Something's happening in this hour. God's giving revelation to His church to realize we walk in authority and we have dominion in the Holy Ghost. Our heritage is triumph. Our heritage is victory. Our heritage is revival. Our heritage is miracles. Our heritage is the supernatural power of our great and awesome God. And I'm declaring that before we walk out of here this morning, there's going to be a fresh understanding of your place of rulership in Jesus Christ. You are not just anybody else. You are in covenant with Jesus Christ. God created you for two reasons. He created you for relationship and he created you for rulership. Genesis 1.26 says that God made man after his likeness, his own likeness. And he gave man dominion. In verse 28, God said, be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. And then he told Adam, he says, but I want you to subdue the earth. In other words, I've placed you in authority. I have placed you in authority to rule where I have placed you. Amen. You are made to rule with God. Listen to what John says in Revelation 1.5 and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And then it says because he's washed us in his own blood he's made us kings and priests unto God and His Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. He settles it with an amen. In other words, nothing else needs to be said that's more important than what I've just told you. He says we're priests and we're kings. We're priests in relationship and we're kings in rulership. 
Because of sin, we lost our relationship with God. But that's what Calvary is talking about in verse 5 is talking about the blood of Jesus Christ. We preach so often about the restoration power of Calvary. We love to preach about that Calvary, that Calvary that bridged, bridged the gap and restored that broken relationship between God and man. But Calvary did something else besides bring fallen man back into relationship. It brought fallen man back into rulership. I'm preaching about our heritage. I'm preaching about who you are. I'm preaching about what is rightfully yours. Romans 5:17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Listen to what he's saying about us who've received the gift of grace and abundant righteousness. He said we shall reign in life. I want that to sink in for just a moment. He's not talking about when I get to heaven. He's talking about right here in this life, I have authority. I should reign over my own life. Another translation says we shall be kings in life. A king, nobody's higher than a king. In other words, you ought to be able to reign in your life because you've got the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen? We are quick to talk about the restoration power of Calvary and how it brought us back into relationship. And we shout about having access to God. And we dance because we have access to the presence of God. Come boldly into the presence of God. Boldly into the throne room of grace and mercy. And the devil doesn't mind you at all believing that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ as long as you don't believe that you have rulership with Jesus Christ. But I want somebody to know today that Calvary did not just restore your relationship. Our great God of heaven went to Calvary to also restore your rulership. God wants us to be in charge. The devil is not in charge. Doubt is not in charge. Fear is not in charge. Sickness is not in charge. You and God are in charge of your life. I wish you'd clap your hands. I wish you would say, Lord, thank you for relationship. But, oh, Lord, thank you for rulership. Amen. When God got ready to show us what he looked like, he created us, Adam. You see, God reached into divinity and he pulled out humanity. And then he reached into humanity and pulled out Eve, his bride. So, so much beautiful typology there. You can jump over to the cross and out of the humanity of Jesus came out of his side blood and water which flowed, which became his bride. Amen. That flow was over us and covered us and created, amen, a relationship with us and rulership to reign with him. The bride came out of his side and so did the bride come out of Adam's side. Do you understand that you came out of divinity? 
I don't care what history, amen, bears out with somebody who wants to look back and say history tells us that a monkey bore humanity. I don't care what you've heard from science and I don't care what mathematicians say or, or all of the other, uh, those that, that, that would somehow combat against what the Word of God says. You came out of divinity. You came out of dominion. You came out of authority. You came out of victory. Amen. You came out of power. You didn't come out of some evil creation by the devil. Amen. You didn't come out of weakness. You didn't come out of failure. You weren't a second thought. You came out of God. You came out of power. And I know the devil doesn't want you to hear that this morning. He would rather you just shout because you've been forgiven. Amen. But there's something beyond forgiveness. It's the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Yes. It is God's plan for us to rule and reign in our lives. Why is it we have no problem believing God for salvation? For the better part, you know, God, we believe that when we repented, we just believe that we're forgiven. We move on. There are some times the old adversary will throw some remembrance our way to remember where we came from, but we push that back aside and remind him what the blood of Jesus Christ did. When we were baptized in Jesus' name, you came up out of that water and the pastor asked you how you feel. And you said, clean. There's a reason. It's because when you were baptized, amen, you came out of that water believing that you just weren't clean on the outside. The water didn't just touch the flesh. Amen. But the water went all the way down to the soul. Amen. And it washed everything away that no, no soap could touch, that no washcloth could touch. It was the blood of Jesus Christ. And we leave that baptistry saying, I have been forgiven. My sins have been washed away. They will be remembered no more as far as the east is from the west. That's where my sins have been cast, even into the deepest parts of the ocean. God doesn't remember. We just believe that. And when we were, were raising our hands and we repented and we got baptized and we were just worshiping, all of a sudden, the presence of God came over us. Whether we were 6 years old, 16 years old, 60 years old, or 100 years old. The Holy Ghost came over us and we began to speak in a language we never spoke before, a heavenly language. And we were told that means, and the Word of God taught us, that means that you have been filled with the Spirit of Jesus Christ Himself. It's all because Calvary restored our relationship and we believe it. That's why we don't walk around like this during the day with our sins just pounding on top of our spirit and our shoulders heavy carrying the burdens that we have, we've been delivered from. We don't walk like that. In fact, we walk a little bit differently. 
It's not pride. Don't, don't mistake this for pride. It's forgiveness. And so we walk through our day because we believe that when we repented, we're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, we have been saved. Praise God. But when the same God tells us that Calvary also restored our rulership, that we walk in authority and we walk in dominion, why do we struggle to believe that? It's time to stop living in despair, having to put a mask on to come to church. I'm talking about looking in a way that you really don't feel like it. I'm not saying you won't have days like that, but God has given you an authority. We need to stop listening to the lies of the devil and tell, that tells us that we're not going to be victorious over this and we're not going to be free of this and we're not going to be healed of this and we're not going to be delivered of this. We struggle to believe in our rulership because we have struggled to believe that we are actually heirs of Jesus Christ. You aren't just saved by Christ. Romans 8, you have become joint heirs with Christ. All the power that's in God is in us. All the authority that's in God is in us. Join heirs. If we want something to really shout about, greater than forgiveness and salvation is after we come to the realization that we are heirs of everything that belongs to Jesus Christ. Listen to what Hebrews says about authority. Are not the angels... All ministering spirits sent out in the service, listen, of those who are heirs of salvation. Did you hear that? You need to stop praying, God, I need an angel to stand by me. When you got saved... My Bible says ministering spirits or angels were sent to serve you. To serve the heirs of salvation. It's talking about you. You who are saved. But it says you are also an heir. Not just about salvation, but you're an heir of salvation. Because it says that the angels are not sent out. Uh, they are sent out to Minister to you. Do you know what the word minister means? We try to teach young ministers this all the time. What does the word minister mean? Serve. That's what we teach our young ministers. This is what minister means. Not this. That's not ministry. It's service. And look what it says the angels are to do with the heirs of salvation. They're sent to serve you because you are in rulership. They only serve two entities in this universe. 
Jesus Christ and the heirs of Jesus Christ. It's time we start walking in authority. Because just as much faith, amen, as it took to believe in the repentance sealed the deal and speaking in tongues sealed the deal and baptism in Jesus' name sealed the deal. Just as much faith that it took for those things to take resident in your heart that says I am saved is what it takes to believe that I am in rulership. Same faith. The same faith that drove you to an altar. The same faith that drove you to a baptismal pool. The same faith that says, God, fill me with your spirit. It's the same faith you need to reach out and say, I take dominion and authority in my life, in my home, in my family, on my job, in my children. how Jesus taught us to pray teach us to pray Matthew 6 9 thy kingdom come thy will be done and if it stopped right there we might be confused but that's not where it stops where on earth as it is in heaven when we pray thy kingdom come we're not just praying for a future rapture We know that's coming. But we are praying for the authority of heaven to be released on earth. Look what it says, on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, as he reigns in heaven. He didn't call you to fold your hands and let the devil beat you into submission. No. He didn't cause you to lose your worship, lose your joy, and lose your shout, and lose your faith. No. He's called called you to a place by his side, a place of rulership that says if you speak anything in my name, here it goes because you have my name. The kingship of Jesus Christ belongs to us by blood and redemption. And that's what's happening in some of you right now. The kingdom is coming into your life. And that's why you're feeling what you're feeling. And that's why your thoughts are more turned toward God today. People are growing in their faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And faith brings down the kingdom. Somebody in this room, you have said this a million times as as high. I have said if I could just get back to church. You know why? We hear the word, the word brings faith, and faith brings down the kingdom. But I want to go a step farther. Thank God for the church. We wouldn't be here without it. But you don't have to wait to get to church to bring down the kingdom. You can walk down the corridors of your job and the power of the Holy Ghost is in that place. 
because you have rulership with Christ. One of our church planters, I think it was several, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. One of our church planters, the pastor's wife, sitting on her job in, the, in, the, uh, in her office, getting work done. Knock at the door, come in. It was a fellow co-worker, pastor's wife that's there on the job, just says, hey, come on in, how are you, what can I help you with? Fellow co-worker, the lady says, I just wanted to bring you a gift, it's Christmas time. Just wanted to say we appreciate you, love you, thank you for the work you do. You're so kind to everybody, we love you. God bless you, Merry Christmas. Put the gift down and started to walk out. And the Holy Ghost prompted this church planner's church planner, this pastor's wife. She says, hold on just a minute. Can I pray for you? And the lady turned around shocked. And she says, are you okay? And it just came loose. All the stuff that she was facing, trying to put on a front, that everything's all right. And she says, I want to pray for you. She says, please do. She stepped up around her desk, laid her hands on that lady. And that lady, who had never even darkened the doors of a Pentecostal church, amen, started speaking in a heavenly language. <sighs> Brothers and sisters, if we would realize how much authority we have, that we are rulers with Christ, joint heirs, where we go, guess what? The Holy Ghost doesn't jump out. He stays with us and goes with us and we are going to see the power wherever we go if we will operate with faith and let a demonstration. What do you think a demonstration is? Brother, we had a demonstration at church this weekend. Oh, Sunday. Boy, there was a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Okay, explain the demonstration to me. You ever seen a spirit? Bible says no man has seen God because he's a spirit. So how can we experience a demonstration? It's because people were speaking in tongues. People were being healed. People were worshiping. Some were running. Some were leaping. The praise singers, something came over them. It was a demonstration of the spirit. Because there was faith operating in the people of the spirit. That's why you have churches with no demonstration. Because there are people who will not step out in faith and say, I just feel I need to worship God. He's been too good to me. My son needs deliverance. My mother needs salvation. Ah, my husband needs to be saved. And I'm going to have a move of God. Come on, if you need something from God right now, would you reach out to Him? Would you praise Him? Would you tell Him you have faith in Him? Yes. Come on, somebody, let your voice out. Come on, somebody, release your faith. Yeah, 
until we had a demonstration, I moved. I responded. I stepped out and I looked foolish. They would say I lost my dignity. Brother Bushnell, they would have been amazed with Brother Kilgore, wouldn't they? Brother Kilgore would get on the floor. At general conference, 10,000 people. Because he said, God says you're too proud. The assistant general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church. And he would get on the floor and begin to roll. Long time since I've seen a real holy roller. I'm not saying you need to do that. But if God tells you you're too proud. Because this is not about us. This is about giving God freedom. Freedom to rule. Rule in my members. Rule in my voice. Use my hands. Use my feet. Use my voice. Do what you've come to do in my life, God. Faith that brings down the kingdom. I, I close with this. P please be seated for just a moment. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I really do. I, if you can discern the Spirit of God, you would have to say there is a spirit in here right now of expectation of the people that expect the miraculous right now. On a Sunday morning, when everything is carrying on as usual, God can in, inject the miraculous right where we are. About 20 years ago, one of the most heartbreaking things took place in our family. My nephew, who was my youth pastor in Lafayette, we just started the church. He and his wife moved away from our church and moved out of state and said they, thought, they thought the will of God was for them to move north and take a big job that took him out of active ministry. And what was really happening, we didn't realize but something was taking place in their spirit that was disconnecting them from God. We didn't see it. And they moved away and they literally cut off their family. Cut us off, dove headlong into the darkest evil on earth. And all these years, they did not communicate with my brother and my sister-in-law who attend POA in Alexandria. And they were broken hearted. Never got to see the grandkids, never got to see their son and daughter-in-law. And during the midst of all of this turmoil in their lives, my brother and sister-in-law started a prodigal ministry in Alexandria. It's gone worldwide. They travel all over helping churches set up a prodigal ministry. But the entire time they set up their ministry to reach, help families believe for their children to return or their family members to return, their own son had not returned. Let me tell you, anybody can sing on the other side of the Red Sea, but can you worship on this side? 
few years ago with this, his marriage falling apart, his life falling apart, substance abuse, dark, down, deep problems. He was arrested for DWI in Austin, Texas. And he was ordered to go to a detox center by the judge. He was in very bad shape. Alcohol had ravaged his body. He had reached the bottom. And over in Louisiana, over here in Alexandria, my sister-in-law was in service in church. And a prayer warrior sister comes running across the church up to her. And she says, I feel like something very wrong is happening with Dustin. They have not communicated in years. They don't know where he is, what's going on. She says, I feel like something very bad is happening to Dustin. And, and she says, Diane, I know that's your boy. And I think right now we need to pray together. But not just pray. She said, we need to do what the book of Daniel tells us to do. And we need to call the angel Michael to rise up and go to where Dustin is right now. They joined together and began to pray an intercession or prayer. So they had the prayer right there. They didn't know. Over in Austin, Texas in a detox center, my nephew was getting ready to shave, standing in front of a mirror in a bathroom. And they cannot shave or have a razor because they're under suicide watch. So in walks a man dressed in all white, a male nurse. And he stands there and he is watching my nephew at the, the mirror shaving. And this man all of a sudden says to my nephew, you're Pentecostal. And my nephew looks at him. He does not look Pentecostal. He certainly has not acted Pentecostal, not in many, many years. And he thought it very strange. And this man in all white says, I want you to know God loves you. I want you to know God has never forgotten you. And I want you to know that you're going to be okay. Because God is going to bring you through all of this. The man turns around and walks out. My, but before he walks out, my nephew, after hearing all this, says, Who are you? And that man says, My name is Michael. And on that day, my nephew began a journey all the way back to where he is right now. Just, that was just about three years ago. Today's refilled and baptized in the Holy Ghost. He's on the prayer team. And he's just started a ministry reaching prodigals. They went back to that hospital to, to find Mr. Michael, but they say we don't have any male nurse named Michael. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you have authority. You have dominion over every devil, over every attack, over every sickness, over every issue. It's time you take your rightful place and take authority. You have the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost and power to ask anything in His name and it shall be given.
You can give birth to the powerful right now. You can give birth to deliverance. You can give birth to the miraculous. You can give birth to the supernatural. You have what it takes in this room to run every adversary out of your situation, out of your home. I take dominion right now over every circumstance, over every attack of the devil, over every disease and sickness right now in this room and those that are represented family members in this place. I come against diabetes. I come against heart disease. I come against back problems. I come against kidney disease. I come against it. Liver disease. I come against it. High blood pressure. I come against it. We are kings and rulers in our lives. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got too much power to ignore. He not only has power to save, He has given me power to rule. God is telling somebody, I need you to believe right now what I have put in you. I need you to believe what I've invested in you. I need you to hear me right now. I need you to have faith right now. Amen. Healing is here. Liberty is here. Forgiveness is here. If you need the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, you can get the Holy Ghost right now. Strength is in this house. Come on, if you want to believe God for something in your life, step out from where you are, get around the front of this room, and bring it to the Lord with faith, and bring it against the adversary with authority. You've had my children long enough. You've had a grip on my home long enough. In the name of Jesus, you've had me long enough, devil. You have captured me and held me captive but I am coming out today I'm coming out of this I'm, I'm stepping out in faith that's why the scripture says it's not by might nor by power because those are earthly things might is ability power is strength but by my spirit that's how it works you don't have to have all the answers you don't have to have all the ability you don't have to have all the strength all you need is the spirit but by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts Mosa. I feel him doing something in this house right now. I feel him reaching into our lives. We've opened a door for him. We have swung wide the doors for the Lord. He's walking into our lives. He's moving out through the corridors of our soul. He's walking on the, the road of our faith. And he's moving right now in this place. Ah. 
This is why I filled you with the Holy Ghost right here. This is why. If it were only for salvation, He would have taken you as soon as you spoken in tongues. If He were all about just salvation. But He has planted you right here to have faith for such a time as this. There's a reason why the issues are swirling in your life. There's a reason why your neighborhood, your neighbors are going nuts. There's a reason why He's planted you on that job site. There's a reason why you are filled with the Holy Ghost is because he knew your children would go astray and he needed somebody to say, I call the angels of God. intercede for just a moment. Can we do that? In the name of Jesus. We put every care in your hands. We put care every circumstance, the situations that are driving us crazy. We're just putting them in your hands, God. We're not going to carry those burdens. They don't belong to us. You've called us to step into these things and use your power. In the name of Jesus. 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 I feel God in this house touching some people in this room right now, reminding them that He's with you, reminding Him, amen, them, that God has stepped into your life and He's going to work it out. let your voice out would you do that right now that's what the adversary has tried to stifle he's tried to stop your voice the voice goes first worship goes next truth goes last don't let him stifle your voice don't let him stop you from saying God I receive I believe I stand in authority I command the adversary to run flee. I release the healing virtue of the Lord. I release the delivering power of the name of Jesus. I release the saving power of the name above every name.
lay the hand, your hand on the shoulder of the person near you. Would you pray a prayer of faith for them right now? You may not even know the deepest places of their life where they're believing God. But God does know and He knows if He can get two to bind together, three to agree. There is a power that begins to work on our behalf. Touch my brother. Touch my sister. Move, Father, move, Lord. Bring healing. Bring strength. Bring power. Bring anointing. Bring deliverance. Bring salvation. We release it in this house. Ministers feel to go to somebody, pray for them. Brothers and sisters, if you feel to pray with somebody, right now obey the Holy Ghost.
There's something on you different today, Brother Weber. I want you to pray whatever you feel in the Holy Ghost over this congregation as a whole, me included. And I believe that when he prays, something's going to go home with you. And I, We've received it by faith. We've done that here. But now this is going to be the finishing touch and something's going to go home and something's going to begin working this week through us for what we've asked for. Brother Benoit, I want you to step down with your wife. I want you to step down right here. It's not the person in the place. It's the place. It's the office that's anointed. And if the person will do what God's called them to do, they'll be anointed. That's why it says to touch not thine say touch, don't touch Bob, don't touch Roger, don't touch Sally. Does it say that? It's the office that he anoints. A person will fill that office and come up under that anointing if they will submit themselves to God. So when I say this, I say that with that in mind. The office of the district superintendent is the highest office in this state, in the United Pentecostal Church. And when I begin to pray, because of the anointing that's on that office. When I begin to pray over you, it puts a covering over you. puts a covering over your leaders. And whatever we bind, whatever we come after, whatever we believe God for, that anointing is connected to that. It could be another man standing here, and many times it has. But God's anointed the office as your covering. So I pray toward those times. By the authority of the power of the name above every name. Look across this room, Father. You know all about us. You know everything within us. You know everything, God, that will come our way. We're praying right now, first of all, thank you for what you've done in the past. We are rejoicing because of who you've been in our past. We thank you for what you're doing presently right now, God. And we claim that what you are doing right now, there is a power that worketh in us that is doing something beyond what we can see and even feel you're doing something right now. But Lord, we're believing right now, Lord Father, for the things you're about to accomplish in the days to come, not only in our personal lives, but in our corporate church. We're believing there's gonna be the greatest outpouring of your spirit. You're gonna anoint your leaders in a greater, higher way. You're gonna anoint your ministry in a greater way. You're gonna anoint your people, amen, in a greater way to do what we've never done before, see what we've never seen before, experience what we've never experienced before. This is the greatest days. These are the end times. God, your hand is upon your people. More will come into your church than ever in the history of your church in these last days. We believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. We stand under it right now. In Jesus' name, we seal it by faith. Amen. Clap your hands under the Lord one more time in an offering of thanksgiving. God has spoke to us here today in such a powerful, beautiful way. And I thank God for the man of God, the word of God that God has sent to us today. I think it would only be good.
put these out on podcast and, and the videos. Watch it again. Just marinate in the anointing of God, the Word of God, by which it was delivered today. And I promise you this, God is going to be true to His Word and confirm it through you and I. I believe that. You believe that with me today. God bless you. Turn to somebody. Make your